I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Psalms chapter 9 verse 1 and 2. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to see the archives, read the devotionals, uh, get access to the Hebrew for beginners courses, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Thank you for joining me this morning. We are looking at, or resuming our study rather, in the gospel according to Luke, and we're ready for chapter 20 today. This chapter kind of deals with the clash of Jesus and the religious leaders of the day. And he calls them out. He tells a parable about them uh, that includes their past and their future. And uh, it really, this just exposes that they, they weren't really interested in the truth. They are interested in their position and their power and their authority. As most, well, I shouldn't say most, as many religious leaders are today. Jesus ends this story, or chapter 20 ends, with Jesus saying, Beware of the scribes, which desire to walk in long robes, and love the greetings in the markets, and the high seats in the synagogues, and the chief room at feast, which devour widows' houses, and for a show make long prayers. The same shall receive greater damnation. Today, he might say, beware of the religious people or the teachers who wear fancy suits, who get in front of TVs and teleprompters and say, send your last dollar and you'll be blessed. Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man ever lived, wrote the Proverbs, many of them said, there's nothing new under the sun. What was, will be again. Let's have a look. We're going to read chapter 20. And I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you would be blessed this morning. And that God would speak to you and encourage you or convict you. But that you would walk away from today's podcast renewed and changed. We're going to read from the King James Bible. Let's begin. Verse 1. And it came to pass that on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes came upon him with the elders and spake unto him, saying, Tell us, by what authority dost thou these things? Or who is he that gave thee this authority? And he answered and he said unto them, I will also ask you one thing, and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then believed ye him not? And if we say of men, all the people will stone us, for they persuaded that John was a prophet. 
I think it's interesting that they understood that all the people saw him as a prophet. And again, they're not ans- they're not looking for the truth here. They're trying to win an argument. My friends, I see this with so many people. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about religion or if you're talking about politics. So many people. I would argue most people. I'll go out on a limb and say a majority of people are not interested in what's true. They're only interested in winning the argument. They're not listening to what you're saying or suggesting. They're only waiting for their turn to talk. It's a form of wickedness. And it's even worse for these people. They're religious leaders. They're trying to catch Jesus up in a lie. They're not really interested in whether or not the baptism of John was from heaven or from men. They just want to win and get him tied up. Let's continue on. And they answered, they could not tell whence it was. And Jesus said unto them, Neither tell you I by what authority I do these things. Then began he to speak to the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard, and led it forth to the husband, and went into a far country. I'm sorry, led it forth to the husbandmen, and went into a far country for a long time. And at the season he sent a servant to the husbandmen, and they should give him all the fruit of the vineyard, but the husbandmen beat him and sent him away empty. And again he sent another servant, but they beat him also, and entreated him shamefully and sent him away empty. And again he sent a third, and they wounded him also and cast him out. Then said the Lord of the vineyard, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. It may be they will reverence him when they see him. But when the husbandmen saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. What therefore shall the Lord of the vineyard do unto them? He shall come and destroy these husbandmen, and shall give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, God forbid. And he beheld them and said, What is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head cornerstone. Whosoever shall fall upon the stone shall be broken, but whosoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Now obviously, Jesus is telling a short story, and it's about the religious leaders, and it's about Jerusalem. Right? Prophets were sent over and over and over. Jesus even says in other passages in the Gospels, O Jerusalem, who kills the prophets, right? God sent all these messengers, and the religious leaders killed the messengers every time. And then, of course, God sends his only beloved son, right? And what we'll see, and as we all know the story, they will kill him. And then, as a result of that, will come great judgment, and that vineyard, the kingdom, will be given to someone else. And as the scriptures describe over and over, and as we should all know by now, it was given to the Gentiles. The Pharisees understand that that he is most definitely talking about them. As we see in verse 19, 
The next verse says, And the chief priest and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him. And they feared the people, for they perceived that he spoken this parable against them. And they watched him and sent forth spies which should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his words, so that they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. And they asked him, saying, Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly, neither acceptest thou the person of any, but teachest the way of God truly. Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? But he perceived their craftiness, and he said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Show me a penny. Whose image and superscription hath it? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said unto him, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. And they could not take hold of his words before the people, and they marveled at his answer, and held their peace. Then came to him certain of the Sadducees, which deny that there is any resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If any man's brother die, having a wife, and he die without children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Unto his brother. There were therefore seven brethren, and the first took a wife and died without children, and the second took her to wife and died childless, and the third took her, and in like manner the seven also. And they left no children and died. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of them is she? For seven had her to wife. And Jesus answering said unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage, but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Now that the dead are raised, even Moses showed at the bush when he calleth the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, for he is not a God of the dead, but of the living, for all live unto him. So the Sadducees, who don't believe in a resurrection, are trying to catch him up, and they conjure up this story. What about this woman? She's been married seven times. Whose husband will be her, I mean, who's going to be her husband in the resurrection? And Jesus is saying... It's not going to be like it is now. In the resurrection, you'll be eternal beings. You cannot die. You'll be equal to the angels. We can see. We can only conceive things with our current small understanding. And then he points out to the Sadducees. By the way, Moses believed in a resurrection. He called God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because God is the God of the living, not of the dead. Let's continue on. Verse 39. Then certain of the scribes answering said, Master, thou hast well said. I always like that verse. It's like you have these people telling him, Yeah, you, you said right, Jesus. As if it's it, these people. And after they, after they durst not ask him any questions at all. And he said unto them, how say they that Christ is David's son? And David himself, in the book of Psalms, the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit on my right hand, till I make thy enemies thy footstool. 
David therefore calleth him Lord. How is he then his son? See, he's trying to make them understand that it's when it says it's the son of David, it's speaking symbolically, metaphorically, but really, but really, as we know, uh, in hindsight, it's just it just means gen, gen, genealogy, the genealogy genetically. Last three verses. Then, in the audience of all the people, he said unto his disciples, Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and high seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at the feast, which devour widows' houses and for a show make long prayers. The same shall receive greater damnation. Those who use the faith as a way to for their own gain not for the purpose of actually sharing the gospel not because they're actually called to it but because they treat it like they're CEOs of a business they don't really believe right just like this these Pharisees they weren't really interested in the things of God. They were interested in their position and their power. And that's why Jesus tells this story. Look, they'll even go as far as to kill the heir, the son of God, the son of the master. They would do that rather than lose their position, lose their power. And they will receive the greater damnation. In fact, as we'll see in future readings here, when Jesus is before Pilate, he tells Pilate that those who handed him over have the greater sin. Their hearts are wicked. He calls them in other places in the scripture sons of hell. He says you go far and wide, and I'm paraphrasing, and you make disciples and they become twice the sons of hell that you are. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, right? He says, beware of scribes. The ones who like position and power. The ones who wear the fancy robes. Those are the ones you need to watch out for. The ones who act in humility and are always raising up Jesus. Those are the ones that you can trust, right? Honestly, it's easy to discern. I mean, if you're a chilled child of God, you should be able to walk into a church and pretty quickly determine if this is a Bible-preaching preacher who preaches in humility and preaches the actual scriptures, or if this is some self-help, um, self-motivated person who is just trying to take advantage of of gullible people. I mean, you should be able to tell that very, pretty quickly. It's not to say anybody who wears a nice, I mean, a lot of people wear nice suits. The, the point that Jesus is making is that their interest is in their power, authority, and money. And to beware of those types of leaders because they devour the widow, right? They take advantage. Well, I think that's all I have to say for this morning. 
I pray you've been blessed. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and I know times are hard. And it's a season of great darkness right now. And at times it can seem like, is there any light at the end of this tunnel? But I just say, wake up tomorrow. Give thanks for all that you have. Do you have, do you have food to eat? Do you have a roof over your head? There's much to be grateful for, much to be thankful for. Do you know God? Do you know his son Jesus? Have you been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? If so, then you have an eternal future where you'll never die again. Where God has pleasures in his right hand and in his left hand. And he has things planned for us that we couldn't even conceive. There's much to be grateful for, much to be thankful for. So if anything, let's go forth this week with a heart of gratefulness and thankfulness. I heard a pastor say once that gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for a happy life. And it really does start with being grateful and being thankful. And in fact, the way we're supposed to start our prayers each morning is with thanksgiving. Right? Thank you, Lord, that I'm taking a breath today. Thank you, Lord, that there's heat blowing into my house. Thank you, Lord, that I have clothes on my back. Thank you, Lord, that I'm saved, and no matter what they do to this body, they cannot destroy the soul. There's much to be thankful for. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>